Hey everybody, it's Jessup Warnock, the Director of Marketing here at 7 Figure Flipping. Today's podcast is going to be a doozy. I don't know what doozy means, but I think it means cool. Um, it's one of the most requested presentations from last year's Flip Hacking Live. It's Mr. Adam Ray. It's a presentation on sales and closing and creating personal relationships. It's absolutely killer. You're going to love it. If you have not got your ticket to this year's Flip Hacking Live, what are you doing? The price goes up every few weeks. So go click the link in the description of this podcast and get yourself a ticket for this year's Flip Hacking Live. It's going to be amazing. Enough for me. Here's Mr. Adam Ray. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. Wow, Flip Hacking Live 2021. Who's been to another real estate event like in the last couple of years? Who, raise your hand. Is there something different about this one? What's different, truly? The people. That's buying houses. What's, what's wrong with any business? What's the feeling you get when you go into a restaurant? What is the tone you leave after a family reunion? Like, what is the most important thing? What makes this group different? It's the people. The trust, the character, the communication, the heart, the hope, the life, the love that we have for other people. So my name is Adam Ray. I'm in Colorado Springs. And he said a lot of nice things, but... I joined because I heard Bill's story and it changed my life. And truly, like, uh, we've had a lot of stuff happen in our lives. Um, you have a lot of stuff going on at home, I'm sure, right now while you're here. But at the end of the day, I get to pick up my kids at 3.30 in the afternoon every single day. And that was my goal. That's what I wanted to do years ago when I heard about Bill Allen. It's unreal. So know that I'm, I'm here learning just as much as you guys. I'm here to, to share what I have, but please take that. And I want you to see that sales is just another thing about being a human being. It's not this scary thing. So let's take a look at what are your limiting, limiting beliefs about sales? What do you believe? When I say the word sales, what do you hear? Like some of these things are like it's sleazy or the slick back hair used car salesman, right? Like what are some other words? Go ahead. Money, greedy, desperate, pushy, pressure. These are all things that we have other experiences or we have other things that have happened to us or we've seen on TV that we have these images in our mind about what sales is and what sales isn't. They may not even be right. And those things elicit emotions in you. As soon as I say sales or selling or something else, something rises up in you. 
And you're a person with feelings and emotion and character and, uh, and wants and desires and needs and uncommunicated expectations. Sales is just about uncovering that, connecting as a human being and being a good human being, connecting with someone else. So what sales actually is, and the truth about it is, it's about empathy. It's about listening. It's about relationships and trust and vulnerability, being heart forward. Like, that's what I want my kids to know. That's what I want everyone to know, that people only work in business or in faith or in life. They're only going to be around people and make good quality decisions in their life with people that they know. They feel like they know. They feel like they like them. And they feel in their bones and their body that they trust them. And you know what? That is the basis of human connection. So sales is just an extra term that we throw on top to a certain specific interaction of human connection. And I hate it because it elicits all these other things. I'm an introvert by nature. I wanna read books four hours a day. Don't call me, text me. <laughs> all those things are true about me, but when I started on my journey in real estate, I had to learn some new things and had to throw out some old things in my limiting beliefs so that I could go in and get a quality deal for my company. Take it back, go out, kill the animal, drag it home, and provide. Like that is what you're doing when you're going out and buying a house. So it is, it is not a bad thing that you need a profit margin. And so being truthful and honest about that is the first step. And just acknowledging with the seller all the time, yeah, my, I'm an investor. I'd pay a dollar if you'd let me, right? Like I wanna I want try and make money on this, but really my heartbeat is I wanna help you figure out your options and point you in the right direction. And at the end of the conversation, if it's not me, then that's okay. Like write some of this stuff down. What are the questions? What are the statements that you're practicing? And what are you doing? So let's pause and observe ourselves for a moment. When, you, when I say the word sales, you initially would have this thing that rises up in yourself. I mean, we just compared an uncommunicated expectation that you had about sales the moment I said the word. So the same thing is happening. Every word, every question, every, everything that you say when you go out on an appointment and you talk to a seller, They've never done this before. They are, they're scared to death. They don't know what to do. Oftentimes they're in a really difficult situation. And that's why they called you because they need to move very fast. They have a really difficult uh, thing happening in their life and they're calling you for help. Like that's the heartbeat behind what we do. There's wholesale in every industry. I mean, you look at pawn shops for random personal property that is a process of buying personal property to then resell it, at, buy it at a discount, resell it at a profit, and you get to do interpersonal communication and care and empathy for another person in that process. Buying a house is just the exact same thing. 
So getting out of this, what, you know, this investor sales acquisitions mindset, the better you are at self-awareness as a human being and showing up and being fully yourself and confident within yourself, the more houses you're going to buy. And that, that's what's different about this group. That's what I asked you, hey, at the beginning, what, what are other real estate groups like? They're, they're very macho, comparative, very materialistic. They're very headed towards a really materialistic version of success. No, you, success to you is unique to you. And we want you guys to succeed for your own reasons and motivations. That's what's different about this group is it's not about the people on stage. It's not about me. It's not about Bill. We've, we've already had people put hands out to us. We want to go and hand a hand out to you. And that's what this is. We're all human beings seeking to connect. Good selling is simply just good self-awareness, guys. Incrementally allowing ourselves to be a good human. A human being that sees another human being. So the posture of going into an appointment, into a house, is the most important thing. Assume that you know nothing. Like, I assume that I know nothing and I have to actually take a moment and pause in the car before I go in and I'm gonna, yes, I'm gonna negotiate, yes, I wanna make a profit, yes, I wanna flip this house, and kind of clear the mechanism, clear all the stuff out of my brain, and what do I know is true? I am a good man. I am safe and healthy. I want this to be a great situation. I don't know anything about their situation and I really want to understand. Okay, take a deep breath. All right, go. And then I walk in and I knock on the door and I talk to the seller. And, if, and as I'm walking through that threshold, if they're gonna sell, why not to me today? If they're going to sell, why not to me today? If they're going to sell, why not to me today? And this mantra is playing in my head in the background as I'm asking, starting to ask questions. And I'm asking them, you know, about their family. I'm trying to connect uh, on the, a lot of different levels. But what that looks like is specifically just trying to make it natural and practice and get into a flow. But a flow is in this situation and in most great interpersonal situations is, I don't need to tell them anything until we get to that point. I need to ask questions to understand. So it's 70% listening and it's 30% talking. And if you, you record yourself and go in to any conversation, whether you're talking to a friend or someone like a partner or uh, a homeowner in a business or an employee, whatever it is that you're doing, if you are secure in yourself, self-aware of how you're showing up and you want it to flow naturally and to get help, get that person to make a decision and move on to the next phase, it is 70% listening, 30% uh, talking and that talking is almost all questions and that's it that's how you show up 
If you think about it, that's how all good art is done. Even music, all the musicians out there. It, uh, where's Tom? Tom Lunny. Um, the thing that he, we, I, I see him do is he does with business banking almost what he did with playing on stage and sound engineering. It's like he's gotten so good at it, he's listening to people's opinions and objections and things that it's an art. That selling becomes an art. Human interaction becomes an art. And if you think about it, listening in music like he was playing on stage is an art. When you're playing with other people and you're playing piano or you're playing guitar or you're singing, you have to be listening 70% of the time and only doing your thing about 30. And that self-awareness is what makes the difference of a great musician and or, or a great painter even in taking all of the information that they're going to be inspired by and lay down on a canvas. It's 70% listening, 30% talking when we're going into homes. And I, I can't stress this enough. If you're feeling insecure and you're going in, record yourself so that you can get incrementally better. There's all kinds of apps, there's all kinds of things, but just what, and you're not trying to go from level one to level 10. What does a level two look like in buying houses at a discount for you? What's the next right step? Backing up and breaking it down into just the next right step and the next right step. So how does it flow? I'm gonna go start going a little quick. So um, the hooks that I'm looking for into the conversation to go a lot deeper is gonna be form. So I'm looking for family, occupation, recreation, and motivation. Like what actually, truly at the end of that, the M, what are they motivated by? But what do they care about? They care about family. They care about their own occupation. They care about recreation and what they're doing, what their hobbies are. So I'm looking for, uh, is there a picture of them fishing? Is there, uh, is there a motorcycle in the side yard? And I may know nothing about motorcycles, but I wanna hear now because I'm curious. I'm a good human being that wants to show up for this other person. And I wanna hear, like, so tell me about the motorcycle. What's the story there? I'm not saying I know about motorcycles at all. I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking the question. And when they connect with you on that level, you now have one bond. And then occupation. So what is it you do for a living? You have another bond. And I see that picture. You've got three, four grandkids. How old are they now? How long ago was that picture? You've got another bond and another bond. So you go in trying to see this human being standing in front of you who is most likely going through a hard situation. And then you try and uncover and be curious. Be curious for longer. Uh, Becca was saying this to me earlier that Brene Brown has a mentor that was sharing with her, and she shared it in a podcast, stay curious just a little bit longer. When you feel like, okay, I'm ready, take another beat and ask one more question, and that is the next right step, to try and get a little bit deeper underneath what is actually motivating this person. So 
Then I start to try and ask things about, so, you know, why am I here? I, you, you called me, and I'm trying to, buy, you know, look at your house. What is it that, uh, that you're truly wanting to do? It's good questions and uncovering assumptions about what they're assuming in their situation. Well, I could never sell retail because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, you're right. That's probably true. Or they don't know that, and it's your job to then have a little bit of talking to educate them. But if you focused on family and you focused on the motorcycle, when it comes time to talk about what will sell retail and what won't, from a house standpoint, they have a connection with you and that emotional feeling of good and safety that you established earlier in the relationship translates into emotional trust. Does that make sense? Like it's really, it's not that complicated, but it is a process of building interpersonal relationship with someone so that when you do have more uncomfortable topics to talk about, you have a level of trust to engage with them. Um, the next thing that we like to do is I like to start just writing down uh, as we're going through the house, I will be writing down some of the, the assumptions that they are stating. I won't always challenge them all right away when they say, oh, you know, it'll probably only cost $10,000 to fix this house up and you can throw it back on the market. I'll say, how did you come up with that number as a question? And then I'm going to write down, I want to address that and help educate them on what construction costs actually are. And so challenging those assumptions with questions allows the person themselves to draw doubt on their own conclusions. Because most of the time when you're in the house, they're saying it for the very first time to you. They're saying these assumptions about, yeah, I'll take $10,000, $20,000 to fix up this house. You could throw it on the market and go from there. It's the first time they're saying it out loud, and a lot of people are processing verbally. They're just happening to choose to do it with you, and you're the other assumed good human being standing in front of them that they're sharing that with. So there's no judgment there of like, no, well, that, that's not going to take $20,000. You can think that in your head, but how do you show up and how do you respond? How'd you come up with that number? That seems like it might get some stuff done, but I'm not sure. It feels like there's at least a, a, quite a bit more to do. Let's, let's keep going and find out you know, what else there is to do in the house. Have you updated anything? Have you updated anything else? All of that. And then when you get into each individual item, you can start drawing doubt by asking questions about, you know, how much would the roof cost, do you think? Have you gotten an estimate? And they will oftentimes say no. You're like, great, no big deal. We can help you file an insurance claim before closing. So it'll get taken care of in the, and put that money in your pocket. Like there are so many different things that you can individually negotiate casually in conversation if you are feeling comfortable and you can show up as yourself and just be guiding them with good questions along the way. Like 
Have you, have you had anybody look at the plumbing? It's a 1950s house, and a lot of times on this side of town, the, the plumbing will shift a little bit because uh, there's soft soil, and the soil settles, and then that'll make one of the old galvanized pipes crack, um, or close to crack, or be stressing. So that's something we'll have to take a look at. Have you, have you ever had anyone look at that? No, okay, why not? Oh, because... I'm not a plumber. Yeah, me either. But that would be something we'd have to address, you know, if we wanted to make sure to sell this house top of retail, right? And they would agree with me, right? So just making yourself understand the basics of what you're trying to do and how you're trying to show up, and then individually, casually being able to challenge some assumptions, but not telling them anything. Always asking questions. And if you ever find yourself in a spot where you're not sure what to say, you're feeling a little uncomfortable, they've just said something, and you don't know what to rely on, there's a few magic questions that a couple of us on the board use for doing deals. And this is like to buy the first flip that we ever flipped years and years ago to buying a portfolio, a package of 64 all at once. It's just a conversation with another person and a basic negotiation based on their wants and needs and asking really, really good questions. And these questions translate wherever you end up in your career, whatever you believe that you can do, you're in the right room right now because it feels different. It feels different. The people, the people are different. It's not, well, like Juan said earlier, it's, it's not all rah-rah. There's a lot of content. And you know what? We're happy sharing this content in a format like this because it is stinking hard, right? It can't, life is hard. Life is hard and you need other people to continue through. And so that's what, that's what I want to impress upon you as far as going out and there's no actual secret but there are things you can practice and rely upon. So a magic question to move forward with is, what makes you say that? You can ask this question back to almost any statement, and this is, I got this from Andy McFarlane. <laughs> he was reading a book, and he said, this is like the gold bomb question. What makes you say that? It is so general, but inquisitive at the same time, non-threatening, but opens up a field of another layer deeper. What makes you say that? What makes you say that? What makes you say that? And you just keep going. Uh, another one is, how'd you arrive at that decision? Tell me more about that. And then my favorite is, oh man, that sounds hard. How'd that make you feel? Right? When you actually get to their pain, if you can ask them the question, how did that make you feel? They're now going to associate whatever it is that they're feeling with the thing that's happening that they want to solve. And if you've done enough of the stuff on the front end to connect with them and to be a good person and to just stand there and listen and be curious and inquisitive and listen 70% of the time, ask good questions and just be yourself. There's no secret other than just showing up and being yourself and practicing. Tell me more about that. What makes you say that? How does that make you feel? 
Then when you actually get into the negotiations, you want to start by not doing anything threatening. And the basics to negotiation is just pose a hypothetical. Hey, I'm not totally sure, so you're just being honest. And what if I was at, I don't know, 220? There's no emotional attachment to that, right? You're taking all the pressure off, pose a hypothetical question to gauge their response. They're going, if they're not very emotionally regulated, they're gonna respond maybe a little wild. Maybe they get upset. That is good. Learn to love that because you are a good person standing in front of them and their emotion coming back at it, you has nothing to do with you. You're just there to look at their house. So when you're negotiating and you've talked about all these items, what if I was at is a hypothetical. And if they get upset, you can say, I'm not, I'm not saying that I am. I'm not saying that I am at that price. I'm just trying to see what you feel when I say that at that price. And sometimes they're like, yeah, that works. Let's do that. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, that, I would never sell for that. That's crazy. Yeah, we've bought other stuff in the neighborhood for that. But, you know, what, what are you thinking then? What number popped to mind? So you can always go with, back to the hypothetical and use that as a negotiation technique anytime you feel uncomfortable. And the takeaways for great negotiating is learn to love the problems. Learn to love the objections and be a maniacal problem solver. I want to get in there and I want to figure it out. I want, to, I want to know what you make every month. Do you know what you owe? And you start to gather information and they come at you with objections and say like, oh, no, I, man, I don't know how to move out. Or I... Uh, my son is a drug addict or I'm concerned about the tenant and I want the tenant to be able to stay in for four months. Well, we can buy it that way too. Or no, I'd never sell for less than that. Well, what would you sell it for? So just learn to love the objections because it gives you a chance to ask a question and there's nothing more non-threatening than a question. So if any objection comes at you, just ask a question. Another one, or the last one, and the most important one, is just truly, at the end of the day, guys, you're all in this room for a reason. You're all good people who have dreams, desires, wants. I showed up at Flip Hacking Live in 2016 and knew nothing. I had been doing real estate for six years at that point, just beating my head against the wall, doing one deal a year-ish and losing money every other deal because I, I didn't really know the formula. I didn't know the systems. I didn't have the confidence. And within a year, I did, I did 70 deals, guys. And I say that not to like beat my chest and try and show you how impressive that is, but that... I'm an insecure, kind of quiet, introverted guy. Like, don't call me, text me. <laughs> I really, really do like people. And if you have that and you want to show up as a good human being, you're helping other people out. And all I wanted at the end of the day was to be able to drop my kids off at school every day 
and pick them up from school at 3.30 every day because my dad was gone 300 days a year when I was little. That's what, that's what I started this business for. And knowing myself was nearly impossible at that point until I got in a room and I got around people that were, it just felt different. They were actually doing stuff. They all did the business and I needed to go out there and give it a try because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to pick my kids up at 3.30 every day, five days a week. Guys, I'm so proud that you made the decision to come here. You're in the right room. You're in the right seat. You are the right person. And this is the right group. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you.